Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Gun on third and two. He'll look to pass. Quick throw. Slant caught by Chase. Runs to the three. Breaks on the pass. He's sprinting down the middle of the field. The Ravens 40. Pulling away at the 30. 20. 10. Touchdown. How great is Jamar Chase? 82 yards to the house. The game plan was all around, of course. Um, D-balls. Whatever I can make, get my hands on, really. Um, but they was playing over the top of us today, you know, trying to go deep. Um, Humphreys did a great job of not letting me go over the top of him. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, we just started going to back shoulders, um, stop routes, slants, um, quick hitches and stuff like that. And, you know, it's just after that, it just comes to yak, breaking one tackle and then making guys miss, and then there's the end zone. You know, I just, we have a lot of reps accumulated over the last three or four years. You know, we've, we've been together for a, a long time. You know, I've been throwing with him on Saturdays since I was 21 years old. So that's that's what happens when you get all those reps accumulated. You understand the kinds of throws against leverage. You know, they were playing on top in press. And so that's that's what opened up the back shoulder balls today. And we've, we've thrown back shoulders for, for three years and thrown them over and over and over again. And that's what it takes. Jamar Chase has 754 receiving yards through seven games. That's the most ever. Um, He is on pace for 1,831 yards this season, which would be one of the five highest single season totals in league history. Uh, That 82-yard touchdown catch and run you just saw broke the game open in Baltimore yesterday. A 41-17 win. Not a, not a close win. Uh, you know, not a lucky win. But a dominant, especially in the second half, 41-17 win over Baltimore, no less. Now, Michael, a lot of people that are loyal viewers and listeners of this here show, they want me to go at you hard. Because they remember how hard you went at the Bengals for drafting Jamar Chase fifth overall back at the draft but I'll be honest with you man I could go I could do that that would be the easy route that would be low-hanging fruit but I don't feel like today's the day for and I told you so you know why because I can't even say in good conscience I can't even say in good conscience that I saw this coming I can't say that I saw this dude being the second coming of Randy Moss I can't say that I saw him rewriting the record books right out of the gate. And I could mock you for your freezing cold take, but your freezing cold take wasn't so different from a lot of mock drafts who thought that the Bengals should go the route of fortifying their protection in front of Joe Burrow, given how many receivers are drafted, not that any other position isn't drafted in every other round and can be successful all the same, 
but how many positions are drafted? Uh, how many receivers are drafted in the second and later rounds that ended up making an impact in a passing league? So you weren't alone in your logic that the Bengals should have taken Penny Sewell or with in hindsight, maybe even Rashawn Slater, but offensive tackle with the fifth overall pick. You weren't alone in that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. you just went too far, which we'll get to, but you just went a little too far in your criticism of the Jamar P- Chase pick, which made the same amount of sense to me, given that every once in a while, Michael, whether it's wide receiver or running back more specifically, there's an exception to the rule that you don't take that player early in the draft. And Jamar Chase is clearly that exception, and that's what I want to do today. I'm not here to bash you. I come to praise Jamar Chase. Uh, first of all, I appreciate your words. Very much so. I'm going to tell you, I don't believe you. And I know this is not the <laughs> last that I hear, I'll hear of this. So, first of all, I mean, that's a nice try. I know more is coming. I'm serious. I expect it. As a matter of fact, as a matter okay, of I'll fact, give you more. I you probably, me more? I'll give you more right now. I probably even deserve it. You want me to give you more? I probably even deserve it. Okay. You want, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll on, give you, uh, on, real quick, on. I'll give you this. Come on. I'll give you uh, this. This is the only thing. I, this is the only thing. Come you on. know why I'm choosing that route? You know why I'm not giving the people what they want? The people want me to come at you hard. You know why? Because, why? because your take was ridiculous why? in the first place, and it's not worth revisiting. That's why. Why would I sit up here and revisit that ridiculousness and give it even more oxygen than it ever deserved? So that's why I want to move on. I want to focus on the kid because it ain't about you, Michael Holly. It ain't even about me. It never was about us. It's about this kid who is on his way to being special. He's already special. I don't want to say all time great because it's only been seven games, but he looks like the real deal. And hey, look, man, I'm, I'm trying to be fair here. Even in the preseason, Michael, I know we don't put a lot of stock in the preseason because of the lack of game planning, the lack of strategy. A lot of guys are playing in the preseason that won't be playing in the regular season. But something as fundamental to the wide receiver position as catching the football, he was struggling with. So who could have seen this coming? You were your your mistake, and this is it's your gift and your curse, Michael. You go hard or you don't go at all, which I respect and I appreciate. Okay, you don't you don't dilly dally, you don't half ass. You go in, which I appreciate. You went all in on the Bengals when both things could be true. You could have disagreed with the pick. You could have disagreed with the pick and said, I thought they should have gone offensive line here. But instead of stopping there, you went, this is why the Bengals are never going to be anything because they went wide receiver again. Well, they didn't just go wide receiver. They went with a great wide receiver. All right, listen. Um, let me tell you, man. I appreciate. I appreciate. I still don't believe. I still don't believe that's it. I know more is coming. I know, um, but I appreciate. I, I'm trying I do to, I'm trying to help you. I do appreciate. No, no, no. You don't need to. I appreciate the distinction that you made. Uh, the distinction that you made that, hey, I went at the Bengals. This is this is really about the operation. This is about the empire. Uh, known as Bengaldum. This is all about the Cincinnati Bengals, and it really is not about Jamar Chase. Now, listen, let me say this about Jamar Chase. I, I love the the uh, the jewelry that he's wearing. I like the necklace. It says chosen one. The chosen. I know one. he's the chosen one. 
I know he's got gator belts and patty melts and Monte Carlos and probably even El Dorado's too. I got it. I know that I know that he's all about that. I know he's all about right. Whoa. Whoa. Thank you. you. Yeah. Look, outcast on a Monday. Yeah. 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 There it is. There it is. There it is. Um, He's great. This was never really meant to be about him, but it did become about him and I probably I probably brought him in brought him brought him in to the tide and he never should have been a part of it. It really was about the Bengals, but what he has done and, and you know part of it because the Bengals did it I probably was way unfair to him and probably threw a little shade at him that he didn't deserve. This is incredible. I didn't I didn't think that he would be able to come out like that. I didn't think anybody would be able to come out like this and whether it's He's Nobody the best has. receiver in the draft. It, whether it, it, it could be that he's the best receiver in the draft by far, and he's proving that, or he's a good receiver in the best situation. Whatever it is, he is balling out. Take he has bowl. turned a really questionable, questionable preseason into, as you pointed out, a historic regular season. So that is out. I've lost that one. Ain't no question. It shouldn't have been anybody else. Shouldn't have been Jalen Waddle. Shouldn't have been Pinay Sewell. It shouldn't have been any other position. He was the guy for this for a time such as this. Jamar Chase in Cincinnati. Right. He was. So that's why well, he's on his way to being. He's on his way to being an All Pro. He's on his way to being an All Pro. I mean, right, right. and that, I don't think a, a rookie receiver has been no All Pro since Randy Moss. He's second in the league in receiving yards. Cooper Cup's the only guy who's got more receiving yards than he does, and he's about to break. Justin Jefferson, shout out to LSU again. Justin Jefferson's yeah. rookie receiving mark if he, if, he, if he stays healthy for receiving yard set just last year. But I want to go to the other half because you and I have had a lot of Bengals takes, some more questionable than others. The other half of this connection is Joe Burrow. And it was after the Jacksonville game, I said that in time, the Bengals yeah. could have the best quarterback in the AFC North. Another way of saying that is yeah. in the long run, give me Joe Burrow. J- Lamar Jackson up until Sunday, up until yesterday had as good an MVP case as anybody given the performances that he was putting forth week after week and the evolution that he showed and the growth that he showed as a passer. And I said, I think it was last week. I said this, that my mistake in proclaiming Joe Burrow as the better long-term bet, if you will, at quarterback in the AFC North was underestimating Lamar Jackson's potential mm-hmm. for growth as a pocket passer. Yeah. So I did what I think we should do. And I said, you know what? That take is not aging well, but I'm not taking it back. Yesterday, in throwing for 416 yards and three touchdowns at Baltimore, 201 of which went to Joe Burrow. That's what I was talking about. That's what I was talking about. When that, that, so it was not it was not me slighting or disrespecting Lamar Jackson. It was how it was me. It's representative of how I am on that guy, on Joe Burrow and his potential, and what he could be moving forward. So. What you see is that in taking Jamar Chase fifth overall, what the Bengals have done 
is assembled Marvin Harrison and Peyton Manning. It's the same, it's, that's, that's the same blueprint. It's the same blueprint. Same thing that the, that the, that the Colts once did. It took Peyton Manning uh, with the first overall pick in the draft, and then I believe the next year they got Marvin Harrison. No, I'm not going to calm down. I'm not going to pump the brakes. I am not pumping the brakes. I'm not slowing down. I'm I'm not. I I am not. No, you got to hear me, but you got to hear me. I'm not saying that Joe Burrow is Peyton Manning. I'm not saying that Jamar Chase is Marvin Harrison. They have a long way and a lot of touchdowns to go to be those guys. Literally, don't take me literally and win a lot of wins. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Don't take me literally. Yeah, I'm talking about the formula. Shout out to the DOC. It's the formula of of giving a quarterback. The Texans tried it with 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 uh, with David Carr and, and and Andre Johnson. You've seen it before. So I'm going back to the draft here, and yeah. and you saying, hey, the best thing they can do for their young quarterback is give him better protection. Another great thing you could do for a young quarterback is to give him a target that he can grow with. And as we know, they already had. Uh, a learning curve accounted for having spent so much time together at LSU. So not saying they are Peyton and Marvin, simply saying that that's what the Bengals were going for all along was this tandem of QB wide receiver one that could grow together and flourish together for the next 10, 12 years. All right, look, 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 here's the thing. And this is where, and this is, this remains to be seen. As I was saying, look, the, the, the Jamar chase thing is over, right? That's over. End of that conversation. Dude can play. He's not a bust. Doesn't have the dropsies. Uh, all that stuff that that was on the table a couple of months ago about Jamar Chase. It really was not looking was not looking so hot, and it was a topic. No longer a topic. Different topic. Different conversation. But as far as the Bengals' big picture, that remains to be seen. I like I like what I hear from Joe Burrow. I like what I see from Joe Burrow. I like it. I like the whole package. I like that. Uh, he continually shouts out uh, his home state, uh, Ohio, and his hometown, Athens. I love it. But let me let me point out: the Bengals have been here before. They've been five and two before. They've led the AFC North before. They've had a quarterback, the wide receiver, wide receiver combo. Whether it was Andy Dalton to AJ Green, whether it was Carson Palmer to Chad Carson Ocicinco, Palmer, T.J. Mazzotta, they, and T.J. They, yeah. they, they've mm-hmm. done all mm-hmm. that before. What what the next step for the Bengals, they can't answer that until it gets really cold outside, until it it's not just jacket weather, until it's coat weather, until it's uh, you know, hat and gloves weather, because that's the next step, and that's winning. That's winning. Let's that's uh let's put we great. will remain in dispute over that. Well, I'm gl- well, I'm not glad you that's a great tease. The big That's a great tease. We'll we'll get to that later. We're gonna put a pin in it for now. I want to start with Chase. Get to the big picture Bengals later. Go ahead. But uh, for now, let's go to break. I know it's coming. Go ahead. Let me cut to the sure. chase. They, gra- they drafted. That's a terrible point. Oh, I like that. They, I like that. They, I like that. They, that was good. They drafted the wrong guy. They should have drafted Penny Sewell. All right. Uh, a a sure. a. a Historically great scouting wise. Scouting wise. Scouting wise. I just don't like We don't know if it translates. It's scouting. Let's not turn this into 
some intellectual discussion about football and how to win at football. So if you got a quarterback who's broken right now and you see him on Instagram with a big ass uh, brace on his leg, what happened? He was sacked 32 times before he was out for the season. I think it's probably intelligent to get him a really good left tackle. What do you think? I don't know. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Are you being um, included in conversations uh, as a sounding board for who should be USC's next head coach? I've been talking to um, a bunch of folks and, and giving input here and there. And um, yeah, I've, I've been as, as, vol- as involved as they'll let me be. Okay. Do you want to, is, is James Franklin the front runner as I've reported? Uh, I, I think, I think there's a lot of front runners right now and that's why I like where we're sitting. You know, we, we had the first hot seat open up. You can't have a so lot that, of front runners, Carson. You can have a front I mean, runner. You've got Penn State. You've got Iowa State. You've got Cincinnati. You've got a wild card like uh, Mike Tomlin. That, that If Mike Tomlin wants out, and, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, there is not a direct, that's the guy everybody's pointing their fingers at. There's a there, there's a lot of great options. Has has and Mike USC, Tomlin hypothetically been discussed? Uh, I I'm sure he has. I think I think anybody is a potential candidate right now, and that's what's so great about the job is it can lure an NFL guy and that's tired of their current situation and worried about is Ben Roethl- Roethlisberger gone? Is he done? Who are we going to draft? Do I have, does Mike Tomlin have to start over with a first-round young rookie quarterback? Mm. You know, everybody's on the table being that that job is so big and so coveted. Um, you know, I think, I think there's a bunch of people that, that are in the discussion. And once we get to week 16, 17 of the NFL season and the college football season is over, we'll have a direct front runner. Wow. Okay. That's pretty spicy with Mike Tomlin there. I like it. You Is that the first you've heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. I think it's the first a lot of people have probably heard about that. Well, listen, I figured you'd get a kick out of that because, uh, listen, I've known Mike yeah. T for a long time. I love, I love Mike T. But you really love Mike T. And I know deep down, I do. deep, deep, deep down in places that you don't talk about at parties, that little boy growing up in Akron, Ohio, loves his Pittsburgh Steelers. I said it right. Still, Steelers, right? I said it the right way? You said it right. The Steelers. Yeah, yeah. Right. Here we which, go, which, Steelers. Which, Here we go. Right. Which, 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 which everybody should have put two and two together now, which leads to your Bengals hatred. But we'll get to that in a second. This strikes me as um, just wishful, nothing more than wishful thinking. Never say never. Never say never. But the idea 
that Mike Tomlin would leave an iconic franchise like the Pittsburgh Steelers, even one that may be in transition after this season. That's a reach for me. Like, I'm interested in a lot of things. I'm interested, you know, in a lot of opportunities. But that's only going to get you so far. So USC is right to be interested in Mike Tomlin. And I know USC fancies itself as it is. It, and it not fancies itself. I'm not going to qualify. It is one of the premier uh, programs in the history of college football. But you ain't the Pittsburgh no Steelers. No question. Like LA no is nice. Question. LA is beautiful. You ain't the Pittsburgh Steelers. So okay. I don't see them luring a future Hall of Fame head coach to Los Angeles on the strength of we're USC. Like, no. There would have to be a level of dysfunction hitherto undreamt of in Pittsburgh. Hitherto, under the rules. <laughs> Did you did you seriously just say hitherto I dreamt of? Are you seriously leaning on the cauldron of the cosmos? Um, there would have to be a level of dysfunction among Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, the Rooney family that we just aren't aware of for Mike Tomlin to walk away from the most stable job, perhaps in professional sports. Right. right I mean, right. I don't care that they need a quarterback after this season. Sure, okay, Mike Tomlin finally gets to pick his own quarterback. Because remember, he inherited Ben Roethlisberger. So again, right. with all right. due respect right. to Carson Palmer and his USC ties, Heisman Trophy winner Carson Palmer, from a former number one overall pick by the Bengals, Carson Palmer, with all due respect to USC and, and the Trojan tradition, you're barking up the wrong tree. Y'all, y'all ain't getting Mike Tomlin. Whoa. Nice try. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Hey, like whoa, I told whoa. you earlier, slow down. Slow down, slow down, slow down. Okay. Drive slow, homie. Number one, before I get started, before I get started, Pittsburgh Steelers have never had to think about the Cincinnati Bengals. Therefore, it's really not a rivalry. They never really had to think about them. They didn't think about them. It's the Bengals, the Bengals, the Bengals. They make fun of them. Uh, you know, hey, come on. It ain't no rivalry. Every team in that division, including the Browns, has won a playoff games uh, uh, won a playoff game in the 1990s, except for the Bengals. Think about that. Better the Browns under Bill Belichick lost won a playoff game in the mid 1990s. The Cincinnati Bengals have not won a playoff game since I think it was 1990. Don't get side. So don't get sidetracked. Anybody check them? I just said we were going to that later. You said okay, let's 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 do that later. I know. <laughs> but but we will do that later. I'm just saying. The Steelers ain't no rivalry. I just want to just point that out. Ain't no rivalry between the Steelers and no. the Bengals. No, few people exist. can rival the Steelers. So that's not, but few people can so rival the Steelers in general. They need to develop that. They may need to develop the Bengals need to develop that. I ain't talking about the Bengals. I want to talk about the Steelers, and I want to tell you that I think you may be too comfortable. You may be too comfortable with the current structure. You may be too comfortable with the status quo. Now, what do I mean by that? Chuck Knoll. Uh, Hall of Fame coach Chuck Knoll was there for 23 seasons. That's a, that's a long time, 23 years. Bill Cowher was there for, this is an important number, 15 years. He started when he was in his early 30s. 15 years, he decided, I'm going to do something else. You want to mm-hmm. guess how long Mike Tomlin has been coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers? 
15 years. He also sure. started in his early 30s. He ain't even 50 years old yet. And so I right. think this is about the time where you start thinking, okay, what you am I itch. doing? Get a little uh, bit of an itch. How do, how, how, do I, how do I continue to stay focused and fresh on what, on what exists here? And it's not just Tomlin. I would not be surprised if Kevin Colbert is having that conversation, looking around like, okay, what am I doing? I wouldn't be surprised if Omar Khan is having that conversation about, hey, what am I doing? So this is a time of great transition for is the it? Pittsburgh Steelers. You're Mike Tomlin. You're not even 50. Los Angeles calls. The USC program is one of the great programs in the history of college football. You can go out there. You can make your mark. You can be in a different part of the country. You're going to be well paid. I -hmm. could see it. I could see the intrigue, not like, hey, the Steelers, you're not comparing Steelers and USC because the Steelers always win that. The Steelers win that. So what are you comparing? I've been with the Steelers for 15 years. I've been to two Super Bowls, got a championship. Next chapter of my life, I can see it. Look. If you just talk, if, okay, if you're suggesting, this is why I said never say never. And I haven't talked to Mike T about this. It's been a while since I talked to Mike T in general. But, like, look, if you're you saying. Why don't you call him? Yeah. Come on, man. There's call a lot of people up. that I'm overdue. There's a lot of people I'm overdue to call. Um, if you're just saying that he may be ready for a change for the sake of change. Okay, I, I, get, I get that. And we've seen that before. If you just want to try something new, something fresh. You know, what, what, listen, they always say quit before they can fire you, even though the Steelers aren't known for firing people quit before they fire you. All right. So there's something to be said for leaving early rather than hanging on too late. I, I get all of that. And, and there's a lot to like about SC. OK, there's a lot to like about Los Angeles, obviously. OK, that's fair. All I right. would say is. Right. If he's OK, if he's going for college, then yes, USC is as good as any college job you would get. If he wants to coach, if he wants to no just yeah. coach in college, Absolutely. that's one. If he wanted to coach yeah. elsewhere in the NFL, and I, and I don't know off the top of my head how many years he has left on his contract. If he wanted to coach elsewhere in the NFL, he, decided, he could probably... I think he just signed a new contract. Well, there's that. Okay, so maybe... The, They'll say so. There's, that's a moot point anyway, because I, I didn't. I didn't even. I meant to look that up so, yeah. after I saw the uh, another the team Dan in the Patrick NFL interview. is not happening. Well, NFL's but if you want to change, but at a certain happening. point, well, maybe not right now. But I'm just going to your point about just wanting something new, wanting a different challenge. If at a certain point, at the expiration of this contract, he wanted to take another NFL job, he'd have his pick of NFL vacancies. There are probably a lot of teams that would fire their coach tomorrow to get Mike Tomlin if and when the time came for him to be available. I'm saying that if he goes to USC, he'll be well paid. His lifestyle, with all due respect to Pittsburgh, his lifestyle will have improved living in sunny Los Angeles, but he'll be a temp, okay? Because when you go to USC and you don't win a national championship in three to five years, they're going to fire you just like everybody else. Okay, because something about those college programs, they fall in and out of love with you real quick at those college pro- at those big time college yeah. programs that feel entitled to win a title every single year. And if you don't get it done overnight, that honeymoon period's over. So if you're Mike Tomlin, you could do the 80-20 thing 
and say, man, you know, I'm getting this, getting a, yeah. this relationship a little stale. I've been here for 15 years. Maybe the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. It might be greener in some respects, but there's nothing. There's something it to be said. There's nothing like the. It ain't going to be greener in USC. You don't think it, it going to be greener? greener it might USC. be. No, yeah, it no. might be. It at might be. Part, no, but there, nah, but man. there's something nah. to be said. There's something to be said for the stability that Pittsburgh offers. And as much as this may be a year in transition, we just talking about one position for the most part. They still have a lot of talented young players, specifically on the defensive side of the football, that if, if Pittsburgh can figure yeah. out its quarterback situation in the long term, they're right back. You know what it reminds me of, honestly? It reminds me of 2004, and you wrote the book on it. I'm not telling you nothing you don't know. Where Pittsburgh was at this right. stage of like, okay, you know, we're contenders, but quarterback, it, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was still in the Cordell Stewart phase at that point, if I'm not mistaken. And then they end up no, it was, with a name? down year. Who Tommy was it that Maddox. preceded Roethlisberger? Tommy Maddox. Thank you, Tommy Maddox. Appreciate it. But it wasn't. They weren't far off yeah. Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart was like early 2000s. Tommy Maddox. Then they end up yeah. with a down year. They get Ben Roethlisberger, and all of a sudden. Your windows wide open all over again. I can see that totally happening right. again with this team as Roethlisberger moves sure. out. Tomlin gets to t- finally pick his quarterback, and now you got a fresh start. As a matter of fact, listen, there's a co- there's a college quarterback right in his city. Uh, check out Pitt's quarterback. University of Pittsburgh's quarterback is re- is a real deal, and it's going to be a first round pick. But that's not even the point. It's, I'm not even looking at the team that. The, the, the team itself, the players, or oh, the roster. I'm not talking about that from a transitional standpoint. I'm just talking about the organization. Just the relationship. You've got a lot yeah, of the dynamic. Yeah. who have been there for a long time, and all of right. them might be looking at just the next step. Now, I can't imagine a Steelers coach, any Steelers coach. It's just not the way it works. This would be groundbreaking. No Steelers coach is going to leave the Steelers and go to another franchise. That's just not going to happen. It just, you know, Mike Thomas not gonna why do it. it. Bill Coward never would have done it. it not gonna why do wouldn't it. he? They just, they just got too. They love it. Why they he? love the Roonies too much. They love the Roonies too much. They wouldn't do that. They just so why? Would, so they that's can't. the case. It's so like why go whole, to? So why is he going to college? Is he going to co- college? Just to go to, just to go to L.A. Because because now I'm not in your. I'm I'm still in football, but I'm not necessarily in your industry. I'm not going next door. I'm not going to the to the. the figuratively to the franchise to the business next door to do the same thing that I could do here. USC is different than pro football. It, it's it, it's a different. It's a different world. It really is a different game. So it, yeah, it is. I just want something different. Art respectfully art Rooney. I want something different and I want to do that in college football. I, don't just so like this a- out of hand. Keep this active. This, this yeah. can happen. This could happen. I'm so, I have, listen, I hear I, you. I, I respect where you're coming from. Well, I said never say never, but that's the only thing I'll give you because it's like, look, okay, Nick Saban, I don't care what happened in Miami. Nick Saban could, could thrive as an NFL head coach. I do believe that. But college is his game, right? I don't see the college right, game right, right. as something that Mike Tomlin would seek out. I think college is like if for some reason opportunities run dry in the NFL, which I don't see, he goes to college as a fallback option. Mike Tom's an NFL head coach. And I don't I don't see him respectfully taking a step back to college. And I know we've had that conversation, but y'all don't see it. All yeah. right. 
Go check in with Charles Robinson on the other side. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I mean, it was a normal week for me. Um, I mean, I, I approach this game the same way I approach any other game. So, but when the coaches have to sit down and talk to you about the training, that doesn't necessarily seem like a normal week, even though it's kind of been consistent all season. Yeah, I would say it still is a normal week. The only thing is, um, you know, I, I really respect and appreciate his transparency. Um, you know, with where he's at with that. Um, but, you know, within our conversations, I like to keep those private, too. So, well, I hear it. You know, I, I, I do hear it. The thing is, I, you know, I, I just don't listen to it. You know, that, that's the thing. Um, but, yeah, that's that. See, I, I know there was a report out there. Uh, you guys know that wasn't for me. Um, uh, you know, um, I, I really have nothing to, nothing, to, nothing to add to that. You know, my focus is on this team and, uh, we're a three and four football team right now, and uh, we've got to find a way to win this week. So my, my focus is on uh, learning from yesterday and then getting ready for this week. Um, with that being said, um, you know, uh, Sam Sam will start a quarterback this week. Um, you know, I've, I've said to you guys that there's going to be some high moments and some low moments. Uh, I think how he responds this week is going to be important uh, for him and to our team. Um, and I... I think I made the right decision yesterday, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, it wasn't good enough. And, um, you know, when you're the quarterback, it has to be good enough. And it wasn't good enough. I mean, will you particularly contact uh, the Texans about uh, Deshaun Watson before the trade deadline? You know, and I understand why you guys have to ask. And obviously, I can't talk about any player under contract or anything like that. So you know, I couldn't answer a qu- uh, that question anyway. But, um, you know, my fault. Fo- I'm here today to talk about, uh, you know, yesterday and this week. I'm... Um, what our team doesn't need right now is a distracted coach. We need, you know, they need me focused on the matter at hand, and that's finding a way to win. All right, so that was Tua Tungabaloa tuning out the noise, uh, followed by Matt Rule uh, inadvertently turning up the volume on the Deshaun Watson to Carolina rumors that have heated up lately by benching Sam Darnold uh, during that beatdown at the hands of the Giants yesterday. And by the way, Michael Holly, just to show how fair I am, I mean, I was sitting up there beating my chest about how right I was about Sam Darnold after three games. And, and he still may be better than he's shown lately, but that take ain't aging well either. He struggled lately, especially without Christian McCaffrey. But uh, all that did, as we're joined now by Charles Robinson from Yahoo, all that did was dovetail into the uh, myriad of reports regarding whether or not Deshaun Watson will, in fact, be moved uh, before the November 2nd trade deadline. That's a week from tomorrow. So I'm going to just start you off generally, Charles, and we'll get specific from there. What is the very latest? I saw you looking down, presumably at your phone. What is the very latest <laughs> yeah. uh, when it comes to Deshaun Watson's next destination, if any? Um. Well, I, I'll tell you what, all these other teams that are supposedly involved in this, right? Um, 
Philly's been trotted out there. Carolina's been trotted out there. Denver's been trotted out there. Uh, Miami, obviously, has been out there for a long time. They all seem to believe that he's going to end up in Miami. These other teams seem to believe that. Now, it's not to say that they're they're not interested in um, talking to the Houston Texans, but I think that this is going to boil down to two things, okay? It's going to boil down to, number one, and this is the most important avenue of this, is Deshaun Watson opening up his trade clause to teams beyond the Miami Dolphins. Now, I've seen reports out there that he is. I have not been able to confirm that. Um, I have asked teams specifically, do you know that this guy has now opened up um, his, his uh, no-trade clause to, to include other teams that are not the Miami Dolphins? They do not appear to be aware of that being the case right now. So if Deshaun Watson is saying, I'm not opening it beyond Miami, that severely limits the ability for, for a trade to be consummated anywhere. So first, first and foremost, he's got to open that up, and these other teams have to be aware of it. And I think that will um, weigh on the aggressiveness of the exchanges that can be had right now with the Houston Texans. Secondly, you have to beat, you have to either beat the offer that's on the table from, from the Miami Dolphins, or you have to convince the Houston Texans that it's better to take a lesser offer from a team that you would like to send Deshaun Watson to. The Carolina Panthers, for example. I believe that if the Houston Texans had their way, they would much rather send Deshaun Watson to Carolina because it's in the NFC, number one, uh, and number two, because it's not the place he dictated that he wanted to go at the start of this. And I do believe it matters to them whether or not a player who's under such immense pressure off the field, um, who said he wants out, who is sitting out, who will not um, engage with the franchise on the field, it's, it's, I think they're very concerned about then taking that player and saying, well, management handed over this no trade clause to you, so we have to do what you want, and ultimately that's, that's what we're going to do here. So I, 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 there's, get them to open up the no trade clause and then somehow convince the Houston Texans that you are offering the best destination and set of assets on the table. That's how he would not end up in Miami. Here's a great thing, though, Charles. The great thing is all the franchises that you've mentioned, whether they have deep interest or casual interest, all of them, from Houston's perspective, all of them have losing records, starting with the uh, god-awful Miami Dolphins at 1-6. and six. So if you want uh, 2022, if you want that draft pick to be a part of the, uh, the package, that is a very attractive draft pick for all of them. But you mentioned something about what's on the table. What is on the table for Miami? If you know, like, what are we talking about? Well, I think this goes back to the three first round picks and the two second round picks. And that's there right now. I, 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 that's what, that's what Houston wants. I mean, that's not, that's what, that is what, when we go back wow. to August, okay. When I reported what I reported in August and got killed for it, the same stuff is being reported now. Um, the talk to happened, him, talk <laughs> yeah, to him, Charles. Trust me, I'd like to individually talk tired to of being humble. <laughs> We're tired of being humble around here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let them know. I, let them know. The, the problem, the problem that occurred late in in the preseason with these talks was that. So the, I think I reported what I reported on like a Saturday, the Tuesday before that. Uh, the the Dolphins and the Texans had had an exchange, and that exchange was Houston saying, 
no, we're not, we're, we're not in a hurry here. Like we want the full price that we're looking for these three first and these two, two seconds. And we're not in a hurry to do anything. We, we don't feel pressure to, to do this. Now we can take it into the regular season. We're going to keep them on the roster. No problem. We'll sit, we'll wait this out. And I think Miami is sitting there, you know, staring across the table going, we're not, what do you like? What do you mean? No pick protections? What do you mean that you're not? You're not going to. You're not. There's no give back here. You're treating this like it's a full price player with no problems, and that's not what we're staring at on the table here. And that's why nothing happened in the preseason. That's why the talks. There were talks that were intensified in August, and then nothing ended up coming on them because the Texans sat there and said, "We're not in a hurry. We're asking what we're asking for." Now, the difference that's changed now is you have a deadline. You do. You now this the, the Texans are staring at something where they're saying either we do it now, we move them, we get what we can get, or we roll the dice on whatever could unfold after the trade deadline between now and January. Maybe he gets indicted criminally. That puts us in a situation we might have to actually we might have to cut the guy at that point. Like we don't we have no idea what he could get indicted for. And that could put us in a, a point where we're getting no assets in return. Um, or everything could get resolved. On, on both criminally and in terms of the civil suits, all that could be resolved and the league could come out and decide what ultimately it's going to do to Sean Watson. And then Houston's sitting there going, okay, well now actually our leverage has increased. Great. We waited until January. Everything sorted itself out. However, that was going to happen. And now we're going back to the table with none of this hanging over our heads. And now we can really play ball. The only pressure point we have is that he's got a $35 million salary in in 2022 so we need to get something done before um before we have to start paying that salary yeah the, the big uh the report that's raised my eyebrows and i and i i think is just off base is the idea that the nfl hasn't made a determination whether or not they would sit deshaun watson in the event that he's actually traded uh because they haven't had to do it now because he's on paid leave for all intents and purposes now there's no question the nfl is going to sit him you know, if, if, if he settles it, I think he gets about six games if he settles it. But they're not, they're not just going to act like this didn't happen or, as the case may be, isn't happening. But they've already had conversations about what they're going to do. They're just not going on record saying this is what we're going to do because they don't have to do that at this okay. moment. But they're not going to just act like it doesn't exist. Let me ask you this, though. How does, that make, the NFL, how does that make the NFL look? Okay, I'm gonna be, let's, let's brass tax this for a second here. Say he gets dealt, wherever it is, Carolina, okay. yep. uh, Miami, wherever. And they say our intention yep. is to start Deshaun Watson um, the first game after the deadline. Whatever, whatever, you know, the, mm-hmm. here's, here's our intent. We're starting him week nine, okay? Mm-hmm. And then the NFL mm-hmm. steps in and goes, nope, we're putting him on the commissioner's exempt list. Can't have him going on the field. That is the NFL then admitting that we knew all along he should have been placed on the commissioner's exempt list. We knew all along there was reason for us to, to act. And yet we didn't just because an Ooh, NFL franchise please. said, uh, I mean, it's, you are then admitting you're tacitly admitting <laughs> as the NFL that, Hey, we knew we should have put them to the side. Right. We didn't please because don't. the franchise didn't for, force our hand. But, it, but we know that they know that it's, it's unspoken. Please don't put me in a position, Charles, that to defend the NFL, but yeah, that's going to come off Try. right now. But that's, <laughs> but, but that's a, no, but, but it's not, I, I don't think there's anything to that accusation. The answer is yes. Paid leave. You don't put somebody on paid leave in the preseason because they're not getting paid. So that's why he was never on it up until the season started. Once the season started, 
They didn't have to put him on paid leave because he put himself on paid leave. They're only going to step in winning if they have to. Okay. okay As wait. you know, the NFL is completely passive when it comes to these type in, of matters. They're never proactive. So, in what, yeah, you're right. It, in what world, in what other world, let alone one where someone's facing the multitude of civil suits that he is, let alone someone who is mm-hmm. potentially staring at a grand jury, in what world has the NFL said, yeah, we're going to put this in the player's hand and go ahead and let him dictate what we do or don't do. It's, it's, un- it's unprecedented. Charles, it's unprecedented. Okay, there's never been a situation where they had to take the guy off the field. This, the, the reason why they didn't have to do anything is because he wasn't playing for him anymore. He made that determination. The team was like, okay, but you're you inactive. Do, so, do what? Put him on paid leave? No? Put him on a list? Sure. For, okay, if it had made you feel better, yes, they could have officially assigned him to the commissioner's exemplist. Okay, there you go. There you go, right there. What Michael Holly just said, you can't have it both ways if you're the NFL, okay? You can't sit here and go, we care, and, and then go, well, we weren't forced to care. Because the player, the player removed himself from us having to care. There's a, there's a, no, there's a second, there's a second part of it. There's a second part of it that you're missing right now. It's nothing but accusations and it's accusations. It's civil suits and it's investigations. He hasn't been charged with anything. I'm saying if he remember what I said earlier, if, and when he settles, which the issue when it comes to the civil settlements is the lack of is, is confidentiality that Deshaun Watson doesn't want. If he settles, there's some level of closure and clarity that they can then act on. Okay. O- the only reason they had to put him on a commission as exemplars once the season started was to satisfy the public from an optics standpoint. Those optics get exponentially worse if he goes to Miami and they intend on playing him. Then you got to take him off the field because by that time, presumably, he would have settled. This, my, he would have settled the cases. My only argument is from an optics standpoint. That's what I'm trying to say is that I if you're you. the NFL, you're coming on the other end of this. You're now coming out and saying, admitting that, you know, yeah, we from an optics standpoint, we know we but could have done this. He didn't have to be <laughs> charged. That's not the way that the Here's personal what, conduct policy, that's not the way the 100%. is written. 100%, which is why they're going to give him six when he settles for it. But here's where you and I agree. It sounds like we're debating. Charles, you and I know, both know that the NFL has always been bass backwards when it comes to its disciplinary process. They never, they're never forthcoming or forthright or ahead of the game. They're always reactive instead of proactive. Only thing I want to say about the no Texans was this. That. Yeah, I, exactly. That's why I'm like, please don't let make me have to. De- I'm just telling you what I know. I'm not telling you how I feel about it. I'm telling you what I know. Um, Here's the only thing I want to say about the Texans, though. Doesn't this feel like a chip off the old block or the apple not falling far from the tree with Cal McNair uh, and by extension, Nick Casario simply saying, we're not going to let a player dictate how we do our business. Because to me, there are two parties with leverage here. The Dolphins, who Brian Flores, uncomfortable though he may be, can sit here and say, Tua is our quarterback, and that's factual. He is, okay? They can move forward. Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause that the organization gave him. So the Texans, it feels like, Charles, are trying to exert as much authority as possible under the circumstances when everybody, because all of this Eagles, Broncos, Panthers stuff, that's the Texans because they can only be so far into it if Deshaun won't waive his no-trade clause, as you pointed out, to go to any other of those destinations. 
It's always been Miami. It's been Miami since before the allegations. It's still Miami. The Texans would have to be willing to say we are either not going to ever trade you or you're only going to Carolina in order for it to be somebody other than Miami, which tells me that ultimately they're going to have to cave and take the best offer they can get from Miami because of the no trade clause that they gave the player, making him that much more empowered. Am I missing something here? No, I mean, I think I think what you're getting at is that there's an element of ego um, in this. That's the word. The from the general manager standpoint, from the from the owner standpoint, in terms of, I mean, in most situations in the NFL, you take the best offer on the table, particularly if it's an offer that's exponentially or 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 from a percentage standpoint, you're clear in a way the easiest offer to take on the table. I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, sometimes I wonder, and, and I think it's a debatable point. You can talk to different you know, general managers and coaches about this, this idea of whether someone stays in your um, conference or not. It's not in the division. Um, you know, I, I, it's, again, I see where you're coming from. I understand that. Um, I don't, I think there's also an element too of, of ego that goes into the refusal to take anything but a full price offer. Um, and, and I think to me that part of that is also you're clashing with the player. I don't think there's a question here that there's a clash going on with the player, not just the team. It's not like they're just looking at the dolphins and saying, we're taking umbrage with the dolphins. They're clashing with the player saying you want out. You're telling us where you have to go. Yeah. We did kind of give you the power to dictate that, but we're not happy with how this has gone down. So we're going to go ahead and be obstinate about it and play the play the leverage game. Yeah. Yeah. And keep in mind the Panthers, they don't have a two or a three. So if the Texans really wanted to go to Carolina, that'd be cutting off your nose to spite your face. Take the best deal on the table. We're going to take a break right here. We're going to come back more with Charles Robinson and go on the field to the people that are actually playing right now. <laughs> and there's right. a lot of Look great to. stories that we haven't covered from yesterday. <laughs> All right. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. been uh, kind of uh, rainbows and flowers and awesome for these last few years, but uh, whenever you want to build something substantial and you want to build something great, it, you're going to go through parts like this. And um, I mean, it's still, we, people keep saying it's still early in the year. I mean, we're, we're still, we can still go get whatever we want, um, but it's going to take us getting better every single day um, because if you get better every single day and play each game play by play, uh, I think we have the talent in this locker room that we can, we can make it happen. We're headed in the right direction. You know, we've done some good things. Uh, I felt like we built on what we started in the you know second quarter last week, and we were able to get going and finish that game, win the game against a good opponent, and build on that today. Coming out, getting a, a fast start, and scoring a lot of points early. So, um, hopefully, we can just keep the course, uh, keep working, and and keep getting better. Probably since I've been here, the most complete win that we've had from start to finish. Uh, offense, defense, special team, just clicking on all cylinders. Um, 
it's one of those things, man. You know, it doesn't really matter what you do previous weeks and stuff like that. You know, every single week you got to come out here and bring it, and you got to prove it every single week. So, uh, I mean, obviously we know how explosive that offense is. So to hold them to only three points, got to give a lot of credit to the defensive line. I mean, those guys are flying around, making plays, affecting the quarterback, forcing them into some mistakes and stuff like that. So just hats off to my defense. Bills and Chiefs in back-to-back weeks. Back-to-back segments with Yahoo's Charles Robinson. I'm going to ask you this, Charles. Michael, I'd love to hear your answer, too. What was that win more about? The uh, continued, um, you know, impressiveness of the Tennessee Titans, who, no matter what they've done over the past few years, seem to be forgotten in conversations when it comes to AFC elite, or the continued decline, if not demise, of the Kansas City Chiefs as we know them this season, Charles? Um... I don't, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Tennessee. I, I, uh, Harold Landry's playing his, his tail off there. This, uh, that was a secondary that I thought with the injuries was set to get smoked uh, by the Kansas city chiefs and for it to go the way that it did was stunning to me. And a, um, I think it's continued proof of not only the specialness of Derrick Henry, but the ability to implement a game plan where, the Tennessee Titans seem to get stronger as seasons go on. They tend to particularly physically wear on, on teams in the second half of seasons or, or starting at the midpoint of seasons the way that they do in a lot of football games. But I looked at this and I, I continue to see Patrick Mahomes where I think people are, are not really familiar with Patrick Mahomes in the way that this, this is a guy who puts it on his shoulders. He plays hero ball. He's done that all the way going back to tech. The difference mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. all the pieces around him have worked so well in Kansas City. It, it, you know, he didn't often have, you know, push it into places where he was going to make mistakes or, you know, make throws where he's dropping down to his knees with someone on his back. Um, <clears throat> but I think that offensive line, they invested a lot of time and money into it, has not materialized into the top five unit. I thought it would. I really think that they had the talent to be the best unit in the NFL, like one, two, three, like right in that range. Same. And I don't, think that you know they've they've had some inconsistency there um and sometimes i think part of that's pat too because of how he plays um patrick will put it's difficult sometimes to block for players who go off script and always knowing where they are and and they can tend to put themselves in harm's way and there's not much you can do about it but i'll say this orlando brown you know there's there's an element there where probably a little bit of concern there about his, uh-huh. his continued viability as a tackle. I also think that teams have figured out if we take uh-huh. away if we take away Tyreek Hill, um, and and you know Travis up, Kelsey, Mike. I won't even go there. If, if Travis Kelsey isn't destroying us, um, it's going to put Patrick Mahomes into situations where he's going to have to be more aggressive than than maybe he's always comfortable with, and we might be able to force some of these turnovers. The one thing that happened yesterday that cannot happen ever, ever again with him, he cannot take the kind of hit he took where yeah. he could have suffered a serious head and neck injury. I was stunned he cleared concussion protocol after that. That, yeah. to me, you have to have a meeting as a staff afterward and go, this can never happen again. Never. Period. Yeah. Um 17 turnovers so far, and I'll turn it over to you, Michael, but I'll say it for you so you don't have to. See, this is, this again, balance, man, balance. You know, like, we can talk to you about the Jamar Chase takes all we want, but, like, you did not, you weren't, I was, I was standing on the table after the uh, Orlando Brown trade. You were like, eh, yeah, eh, 
you know, so hey, exactly, exactly. Like, you know, you know, you're not I, you got it. You got it. But Michael, who are you writing the column about uh, after this game? Is it about Kansas City struggles or uh, Tennessee just being somebody that got to continue to take seriously? Columns about the Titans. Columns about the Titans. I want some insight from that locker room about what they know. It, it speaks to their foundation. This is a foundational win uh, for, for the Tennessee Titans because it's part two. Part two of two. The first part was beating Buffalo on Monday night. So they beat M- Buffalo on Monday night, and they come back, and on Sunday they have um, they, they've got they've got the Kansas City Chiefs. So those two wins over the top two teams, or what the, the teams that went to the conference championship last year, no matter what happens to them, they finish eleven and six. They finish ten and seven. They know that they down deep. That this is who right. they are. This is what they've got. Right. And they can fight with anybody. This is this is a huge. They can lose to anybody. Part, they can beat anybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So I think that's what it's about. But I, you know, Charles, we talked about optics last segment. Now the optics say after those two wins over Buffalo and Kansas City, the optics say, hey, maybe Tennessee is the best team in the uh, in the AFC. Optics Ooh, could yeah, say that Cincinnati is. Who do you say? Las what Vegas. Say you, Charles Robinson. Buffalo still. I, I, I say hot, whatever whatever team Carl. I name this week will be different next week. <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah, I, right. I mean, like, I, do we we we've gone through this practice in um, yes. agony where every week we're like, well, who's the best team in the NFL? Or who's the best team in the AFC? Or who? And then the next week right. that team loses or they get knocked off or some other. I don't. Cincinnati looks to me like they have the ability to beat probably any of these teams right now. Buffalo on its on its better days looks like it has the ability to beat. The Chargers are still – it's – this is the great thing about this season. I've talked about it before, and you're doing it in a season in which you're leaning into gambling, by the way. Everybody looks capable of beating everybody, which is fun. Like, you don't – I mean – we could legitimately look. I, can you tell me the Cincinnati Bay? Cincinnati Bengals look amazing. They look great. They beat. Baltimore. Don't they, they though? Beat, or I'm sorry, they beat Baltimore in a way that was so convincing. Like it wasn't just. Yeah. A, I mean, wow. it was. You said that. Right. I, I, I was texting. I was texting with a with a um, an executive uh, late last night after all the games were over, everything was done, and we were talking about the the AFC North, and it was like, you know. Hey, you better have a quarterback now in the AFC North because guess what? It's not just Lamar anymore. Joe Burrow, you're gonna have to deal with, which means that Cleveland, you better get it figured out with Baker because he, yeah. you have to have an, uh, an elite level quarterback now. And I'm sorry, but you can't tell me that Pittsburgh, Kevin Colbert, and Mike Tomlin aren't going to figure out how to get a high level quarterback um, into that organization. They're smart. Put a put a pin in that. We're gonna come right back to that, but just want to stay on this theme of parity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you don't want to pick one in the AFC. Could I, you want, is it a waste of time to ask you about the NFC? Because now you got Cardinals, Rams, Bucks, Packers, Cowboys, all with one or fewer loss. Is well, it the Cardinals conference or would you pick somebody else? Imagine. I'll, look, I'll say, I'll say this about the Card, like the Cardinals at the very, the Cardinals unblemished. Like the Cardinals are going to sit there and go, who beat us? Who beat us? We beat everybody. Right. You put right. whoever you put in front of us, you we you beat us, or you know we we beat yeah. them. So I I was actually looking at the Thursday night game 
and now we know Devontae Adams is, is on the, you know, in the COVID, on the COVID list. Yeah. Um, but I was looking at this as sort of like a referendum on, hey, if you're the, if you're the Packers, you could probably state claim to being the best team in the NFC if you go out and you knock, if you knock these guys off in their house, um, all of a sudden you're, you're the Packers, you're going, hey, all our six wins, that six and one record isn't as soft as you all think it is. Yeah, we were imperfect getting to six and one, but this is who we are. If now, if Ad, say Adams doesn't play, which I, I would have to believe that it's looking very unlikely at this point. Um, if suddenly they beat the Cardinals without Devontae Adams, like Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers has like got the hammer lock on the greatest revenge season in history versus his own front office. Um, I don't think the NFC is in the same situation below Arizona. I, I look at every other team and I'm like, there's the multitude of teams that I like. We've talked about Dallas. I think yeah. Dallas is a team that could be there at the end. But before we start having that conversation, the NFC, somebody's got to beat the Cardinals and that's not happening. Yeah, no, you cannot. You cannot take anything yeah. away from them. It's not just best record. They got the balance on both sides. What I want to come back to though was um, Michael and I were talking about this earlier because Carson Palmer threw out Mike Tomlin as a potential target. Good. Thank you. Go ahead. Take it away. Hold on now. Hold on. Because oh, I'm like, I'm like this? you, Charles. I'm like, I'm like, nah. Okay. Michael thinks there's a chance. He's Man. saying there's a chance, Charles. Go ahead. What okay. you got? Do you know how hard it is to become? Let's let's go down the list. One, a black head coach in the NFL. Okay. Two, a successful black coach in the NFL. Three, mm-hmm. a successful black coach in the NFL who lasts forever, who goes right. decades in his position in a in a storied franchise who's going he's writing his name into the history books. I don't why would you leave that? For what? For the mess? Every single person who has gone into USC since Pete Carroll to try to be the head coach has done what? Failed and become a lesser candidate right. for other jobs afterward. Man. Why, if you're Mike Tomlin, would you con- I, I'm congratulations that it's actually a badge of honor to be now thrown in the mix. It's awesome when people just take your hat off your head and they throw it in the mix because they think so <laughs> much of you. But I'm sitting there thinking of Mike Tomlin and I rem- I'm remembering when he was an assistant um, in Tampa Bay, okay? This is, mm-hmm. I started covering, I started covering the league in, in, in 2000. And I remember I had a little cup of coffee, you know, working in Orlando and used to go out to the wide world of sports complex when they were there in training camp, all this stuff. When this guy was an, an assistant coach in Tampa Bay and knowing there was something there and he realized yeah. every dream that he had moving forward. No, that's crazy, man. You're, you're a legacy. You are a legacy coach. And yeah, I'm so glad you said that Charles. Cause you know, you know what's going up happening, Michael. If, if Mike Tomlin actually oh, considered this, all the black coaches in the league will be like, say, bro, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do this I mean, to us. We the, cannot no, afford to lose you. <laughs> if, if you're the NFL, if you're the NFL and you just Roger had, Goodell will step in. <laughs> if, if, if you're the NFL and you just had the Saturday Night Live cold open where they're like, we asked our black coaches and they agree. Both of them. Like, it's like uh, how much yeah. worse does this look for the NFL and if you're. And he's not. And, I know Michael wants to retort, but Michael also realized he is not just a coach. Yeah. He is one of the voices of yes. the NFL as well, Michael, but go ahead. Right. Okay, but hold on, hold on. Y'all, y'all, 
everything you said about Mike Tomlin, especially, you know, how hard it is to be a black coach in the NFL and hard to be a successful black coach. That was true before he took over Pittsburgh. So he already had that mountain. So there's that mountain in front of him before he starts the job, before he even interviews for the Steelers. He was a long shot. Then there's a mountain of, yeah, interviewing for the Steelers. Ain't many black coaches in the league. And I'm taking over for a Hall of Fame coach. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. And now he is there, Bill Cowher. So he's used to the odds. That ain't no reason to turn down a okay. job because the okay. odds are stacked okay. against you. You want that's you want what reasons? he's that's what he came into. You want you want reasons? Yeah, give me okay, reasons. I'll, I'll, give me good reasons. I'll give you reasons. That is I'll a good. Give, one. give me a good one. Okay. You have to you have to deal with ninety guys instead of fifty three plus a practice squad. You have to recruit the kids though. The kids. You have to, you have to You have to recruit in the era of name image likeness. You have to they can yes, help you out, schmooze boosters. Schmooze boosters. You and 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 oh, by the way, just this, little, this little this little issue of you know, I don't know. A- Alabama is wired and gets the best of everything nonstop forever, and you have to. I, I just I no, I don't. I you 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 have a wonderful. It's it's like someone gave you a Mercedes, and then they said, but hey, here's this classic Hyundai that was really nice when it when it first came out. That's why an oxymoron. Why don't you fix that up? Like, I'm, 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 Does that exist? Such a thing. No disrespect to people pushing Hondas. I mean, it's a, point, it's a great point A to point B joint, but it ain't a classic. You, you, USC, USC. Hey, you know what? Hondas are probably classic somewhere in the world. <laughs> Look, USC. Charles. I'm, I'm just, USC has not been good in so long. And I don't, yeah. I just don't know why you step out of what's what's wrong like is are you going to be feel more accomplished if you go and nothing's coach wrong. in college nothing's i mean wrong. like it, nothing's wrong he's at hey, the pinnacle ain't nothing wrong hey, hey he, he's an evolving person he's been there for 15 years he's got pittsburgh on light like he won championships he he he's part of that tradition he won a championship in, uh, in pittsburgh he's been to a couple of super bowls but at USC, you go out there. First of all, no, I ain't worried about the AD. The AD works for me. I'm the college football. I'm the coach of USC. Ain't nobody worried about the AD. If the only boosters, it works that way. They can be friends or foes. They can be friends or foes. You know what I'm saying? They can be friends. Like, okay, you just, you can bankroll me quietly, okay? You can bankroll me quietly. This is how we do it in college football. Nick Saban has mastered that. Every major college football coach knows that a booster is a friend, not a problem, and you're doing well. And you go into it, you are dropped into a recruiting like, hotbed. You are dropped into Los Angeles. Oh man, Charles, uh, Pete Carroll, John McKay, John Robinson, like all the greats have been at USC and have done well. And some guys and then, have And then where well. did they, they go? And then where did they Mike go Thomas from is. there? And then where do they go from there? Like that's that's where you go. You either go to USC to retire, or you know why he would go to USC. You know why? Here's why Tomlin would go to USC. And this is why I said to you. This is why I said to him earlier, Charles, that unless there's a level of dysfunction that is that we're not aware of in Pittsburgh, the only reason he would ever go there is a. If he was on the way out of Pittsburgh, didn't he just sign an extension, Charles? Clarify that for me real quick. Didn't didn't he under contract long term? Sure, he did. I don't, I don't remember exactly. I know, I know Colbert. Did. I know Colbert did. I'd have to go and look at what Mike's contract. Yeah, was. I don't have no time. But but point being is, like, if for some reason he were on the hot seat and he needed a soft landing somewhere like a USC, or 
if you if you're done and you've done everything possible at the NFL level, which which Tomlin has not, and he's decided, you know what, I'm going there in my old age what and I'm gonna finish have? my career coaching college, or what if, or if there's no other opportunities in the NFL, no, it's that he's there's more for what him to he do. Done? He didn't have to. He doesn't have to prove anything. I don't know when multiple Super Bowls. He has there's right. more for him to potentially do. Okay. The only thing he has. Why are you trying to get him out of Pittsburgh? What are you trying to do? I'm not trying to get him out of Pittsburgh. I'm just trying to say <laughs> it sounds I'm like it. Say, it why are y'all like trying it. to why y'all trying to limit his career options? Why y'all just trying like, hey, you comfortable? Because here USC about is not an upgrade. USC is not it's a promotion. USC doesn't represent growth. It does not represent growth. That represents change, but not growth. It does represent growth. If you've never been a, if you've never been a head football coach at USC, it's something to put on your resume. You know what that's like? You know what that's like? Go after USC. You know what, Charles? You know what that's like? That's like. Remember back in the day when you used to skip grades. You'd be like, hey, yeah. you be in the fourth grade, you can skip to the sixth. They'd be like, hey, you know what? I really missed that fifth grade experience. Let me go back to fifth <laughs> grade, even though I already gone to sixth. Mike Tomlin never coached in college because he didn't have to coach in college. There's no reason for him to coach in college football. With all due respect to USC, Michael, you're the same person that every time I try to put Nick Saban in the pantheon for the for greatest coaches, regardless of level, or telling me, yeah, but it's college. It's college. It ain't the same thing. It ain't the same ballpark. No. It ain't the same league. It ain't no, the no, same it's sport. not the same thing. It's not the same thing, but here's but how many guys can say I want a Super Bowl. I know Pete Carroll can say it. I want a Super Bowl and I want a national championship and Pete Carroll can say it because Pete Carroll was where at USC. So USC is special. It's like a college. You know why he was at USC program. You know why he was at USC. You know why? Because, because the Patriots he got fired him. So it's not like he was like, <laughs> he this is what I really want to be doing. <laughs> I mean, come on. Man. Oh, this, this, we have certainly milked this topic uh, listen, for listen, all this work. In the, if you look closely in the background, there's a duffel bag over Michael Holly's shoulder, and I think it has a USC symbol on it and stacks of. There's He's a Steelers of money. fan. <laughs> In there. Like, like, I don't He's a Steelers fan. Wait, I was, I was, wait, wait. I was so long, you, long. Why are you bringing up the pads? Why are you keep bringing up wait, the pads? That's a long time wait, ago. Long time ago. Wait. So so wait. Are you? Is this really? Is this like a deep seated? You just want Mike out? Is that what's going on here? Like you just you no, really no, kind of maybe no, you don't, don't want, want Mike there? No. 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 That's not. That's not it at all. This is. This is not a fandom thing. This is just. Just looking at career. At at, at some point in your career. I listen. Y'all don't know this. Y'all don't know this. I'm gonna uh, tell you, and, and you you'll get there in about you get there in about no really you don't you know because you guys are about years? the same age, ten years right about no for you it's about Mike Smith is about five years okay, um, but no really when you get to about you get close to fifty you start thinking okay what else can I do, and you you start thinking about creative opportunities oh yeah and so for oh, him already, at forty nine I've been there. I've been there. All right. For sure, I've been there. So that's yeah. all it is. I'm not trying to. Philosophic, he does a wonderful job. Philosophically, I hear you. Practically, that's where we part company. Okay. Charles Robinson, appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> all right, guys. Take care. All right. <laughs> Mike and Charles, where do you go after the- USC? You go to a pool and you get you a nice drink. <laughs> And you just chill. That's what. That's what. what there it is. Enjoy life. Whatever it is, there it is. We need to get you a realtor in LA so you can move. Hey, I. Well, listen. You know somebody. (laughs) 
Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Burrow rolls to the right, guns it deep down the middle of the field. Uzama makes the catch at the 25, escapes a hit, running between the hash marks. Touchdown! Burrow catches the shotgun snap, fires downfield, caught at the 15 by Uzama, breaks a tackle, and runs it into the end zone. Second (laughs) touchdown of the game. It's a different team. You know, you're you're allowed to build and improve, and, um, you know, we just have a different mentality right now. We built... You know, we endured a lot of things that put us in this position. Make no mistake about that. I, I told the team I've given a lot of really tough speeches standing where I just stood in that locker room about great things to come and keep working. And you're just you, you hope and pray that the team believes in that because the foundation we we're building. Uh, but this is the this is that moment where they know this is everything we've talked about. Um, we've earned, you know, and, and we're starting to earn respect. We have a long ways to go. You know, just winning one road game against a visual opponent. Um, that's what you have to do if you want to compete in this league. Uh, we've got a long way to go, but I'm really proud of the collective team effort. I mean, this, this was a complete game today by all three phases, and that's where we're going to need to come on the road and beat Baltimore. You know, I, I let you off the hook with your Jamar Chase slander, mainly because, again, you, weren't, you were don't, not don't in the minority no, but you. But again, you were not in the minority. No a lot of people thought that you should reason. go offensive line. I, gar- I guarantee but you the majority, that there are people in the Bengals organization my, on draft day who thought that they should go offensive line. Your, your logic was always Mike, sound. You just you went too far. What? Mike, the majority wasn't here doing brother from another. So don't let me off the hook. I was here. I I went at the Bengals. So I need to take it. No, wait, but that's no, I'm giving it to you. I'm I'm, I'm drawing a distinction between you thinking that they should go offensive line and what unfortunately this is one of the low low moments in this show's history. If I'm not mistaken, if memory serves the day after the draft, your disagreement with the pick led to the longest and worst conversation I think we've ever had. It's in the top five. Where you talked about teams that don't want to win. Whatever the F that the means. Top Russell, was it and longer like, than the Russell Westbrook conversation? No, you're right. The Russell, the Russell you're right. Analytics? That was the worst one. Russell Westbrook and analytics was a was one full hour, uninterrupted, no commercial breaks. About I I, I didn't know that that was possible to do. This is the number two worst conversation we've ever had. Okay. Where it was like certain teams don't want to win and the Bengals don't want to win. And you use the example of a wide receiver or of an offensive lineman that they don't want to win. Whether they want to win or not, they're winning. And they've now won in Pittsburgh. Yes, they are. And they have won in Baltimore convincingly both times. They have a quarterback and a wide receiver with whom they're going to win for a long time. And despite the questions about him coming after last year, looks like Zach Taylor is a good young coach and, and, and he, he might have a chance to be with him for a yeah. long time. 
But the real issue I had with they don't want to win was it completely ignored what they the resources that they poured into the defense in particular this offseason led by Trey Hendrickson. Yeah. They got six starters on defense that are free agent acquisitions. Okay, and their defense is one of the best defenses in the league. We've talked all the time about Burrow and Chase, Burrow and Chase. Yo, their defense is nasty. And so that's what yeah. that's my, my bigger yeah. problem with you is that you couldn't see the forest for the trees or you were blinded by your bitterness toward Mike Brown and the Bengals and their budgets or lack thereof. I know historically yeah. they've had the right, smallest right. scouting staff. I know he doesn't have naming rights on his stadium. I understand how cheap Mike Brown has been. My only point to you all along mm-hmm. was that there is not knowing how to win and not wanting to win. And then there's also wanting to win your way. Same thing we say about players. Some players want to win at all costs. Some players want to win their way. Some organizations just do things a certain way. It doesn't mean they don't want to win. It just means they're stuck in their ways. And right now, Mike Brown's way is working because he has shelled out money in free agency, not just his offseason, but in the past. He's paid off for free agents. He's done that. Okay, but right now, whatever they're doing is working, and you cannot leave them out of the conversation for best team in the AFC. Why not Cincinnati? You know, I know that pains you to say, but why not Cincinnati? No, it doesn't pay me. It doesn't pay me to say it. You know, it's funny. <laughs> you, you had an unintentional, uh, a little poetic turn there. Couldn't see the forest for the trees because I was stuck in what the jungle has always been. You know, Cincinnati, the jungle, all this stuff. All right, anyway, um, that's nice. That's nice. It, it, it was really well done. Look, I'm going to apologize. <laughs> you, you want me to tell you you got bars? You got bars? <laughs> no, no, no. No, I don't, want, I don't want that. I want to apologize to Jamar Chase. I want to apologize to Zach Taylor. I want to apologize to the current Bengals. The current Bengals. Because this is not about them. <clears throat> and it sounded like it sounded like I was getting caught up. It, 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 it sounded, I can see how that would sound personal to this, this current Cincinnati administration, this current regime, this current players, current roster. And it never really was about that. Uh, you're right. Exactly. You're right that um, I am using the Cincinnati Bengals history. I'm getting caught up in the uniform and what that uniform has always represented for probably 30, 30 years as opposed to looking at them right now. Hey, you know what you know what it would be like, Mike? I thought, I thought about this uh, uh, during the break. It's like if you get so used to the Detroit Lions drafting wide receivers, like trying to, you know, like Matt do. Millen drafting receiver year after year, and then you see them draft a receiver number two overall. Why are they drafting Calvin Johnson? Now they draft another wide right. receiver. Oh, no, no, wait. I'm so oh, glad wait, you wait, said wait. that. Hold I'm on. so glad you said that. Yeah, hold exactly. On, hold on, hold on. And I, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, this, this, this one though. This, this, this right here. This is a cold, this cold, this is a cold receiver right here, player. This cold but, receiver. but that's what I said. But that's what I said. Right I remember saying it in that draft. I remember saying it in that draft because they went <clears throat> Roy Williams. They went Charles Rogers, Roy Williams, and Mike Williams in order, I believe. Yeah. And then a lot of people are like, "Why yep. would you go wide receiver again?" I'm like, "Yeah, but none of them were this guy. None of them. Were me- none of them were Megatron. This dude different. <clears throat> exactly." And yeah. this offseason, so, you know, you were you were looking at the past, like Awuzie and Hilton and Hendrickson, 
they they were trying to put together a complete team and they succeeded. And even in the first conversation we were having, you still were skeptical. You still were like, eh, I don't know. I'll I'll but, I'll, I'll see okay. when I believe it. So I I'll call Patrick that. Mahomes. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll see it when I believe it is Patrick Mahomes line. Exactly. That's what that's what you were at earlier. There's no there's no need to go down that rabbit hole again. <clears> I can just tell you, just I'm gonna I'm gonna step back. I'm gonna get to about ten thousand feet. I'm not gonna go thirty thousand. I'm gonna get up all to right. about ten thousand feet. <clears> and all the things that you said, and this get some water, man. Get some water. Get you something to drink. Sip on a little something as I say this. Um, Mike, all the things that you said all come back to, and this is where we this is where we just have a difference of opinion. You said there's don't want to win, and there is winning their own way, and winning their, or just uh, or, or just incompetence, whatever it is. Or, or incompetence. That's or, the other one. Just, see, they don't know any better. I think that's all. I think that all goes back to the. I think that all goes back to the same thing. Like you can't. If I tell you, especially if I'm around it, if I'm around excellence, if I'm around excellence, and they are, they have been uh, since 1990. <clears throat> they've been around some really excellent franchises up close. I mean, they playing them twice a year. You act like they were and never I in the playoffs. Refuse to change. <laughs> Like they never like they never contended. They had two periods. The Carson Palmer period got derailed by his knee injury. They were very competitive then. Marvin Lewis had him in the playoffs every year. They just didn't win. So you act like they were just scrubs okay. the whole time. Well, but but what, I, what I'm saying is if I'm around excellence, this is just the way I look at it. If I'm around excellence and I refuse to change, I don't want to hear the excuse of, hey, I'm just doing it my own way. You do it your way. I do no, no. My way works. Your way does not work. Or your way work your way your way works with limits. So your way will get you to a certain point, but my way will get us to the top. Consistently, we'll get to the top. And your way is just you can only go so far, and yet you refuse to change. That's what I mean. Look, we don't have to go down, we don't have to go there again. If all they got to summarize it for you to, to, to shut to shut somebody up like shut somebody like me up. All you gotta do is win you win. I shut up. Okay, you okay. win because I, I will I'm a, shut up because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm say it like this. I'm gonna go ahead and say it and you know do what you got to do on the back end of this basically because it's all there's only one way no, to no, summarize your, your there's only one way to summarize your feeling on the Cincinnati Bengals. One way this, and one way only. This gonna be bad. Rap, rap, hey kids, hey kids, hey, hey, rabbit ears, kid, not rabbit ears, uh, earmuffs, kids, earmuffs, earmuffs, okay, earmuffs. Michael Holly is basically saying the Cincinnati Bengals ain't shit, ain't never been shit, and ain't never gonna be shit. That's what. You, that's basically what you get. That that is, that is that's your take on the Bengals in a nutshell, right? Unless we just want to cut to the chase. No pun intended. That's your take on the Bengals, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, in the present, though, before we go to break. Okay, in the anyway, present. If ahead. it's not the Bengals, if it's not the Bengals, the AFC, man, it's, 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 like Charles was saying, a couple weeks ago, it was clearly Buffalo after what they did to Kansas City. This time last week, we were singing Baltimore's praises again. Okay, Tennessee has beaten. Buffalo and Kansas City in back-to-back weeks. The Bengals just beat the brakes off Baltimore in Baltimore. Who is the class of the AFC of that conference in your mind? If not Cincinnati, who are you giving it to? Oh, it's close. Look, look. Um, 
I think Cincinnati right now Cincinnati is in a conversation with two other teams. <laughs> Imagine Tennessee. Well, actually three other teams. There's Cincinnati. There's Tennessee. There is Buffalo despite the fourth and one thing and the Raiders. Right. I say those those are the teams. But if I have, but if I so have you just got name one, all you just got name I'm all like the teams in the team. AFC. Pick one. No, but I'm gonna pick one. I'm gonna pick one, and it's the Tennessee Titans. I told you, I love what they did. Right. I love all right those last two games and the way that they play. I love the like nobody else. Nobody else is built like the 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 Titans. Say so the Kansas City had that explosive has that had that explosive offense, but they don't have a running back that they can just rely on. Tennessee more than relying on the running back. Their running back is part of their identity. He's part of the logo. It's just what they do and they're able to pass the ball and they got toughness on defense and they're well coached. So yeah, I, I, I go with Tennessee. If you just force me to pick one, I'm going with Tennessee. No, and, and, I, I'm, and not I'm not mad at that choice. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that choice. I, uh, I, I think at the end of it all, um, I think Buffalo will be the team standing. I, I, if I had to pick one that's going to win the AFC, I think it's Buffalo. Buffalo, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Wait for it. Have Buffalo converted a fourth and one, or as Michael Holly said, kick the field goal. You know, like, who, like we're not having yeah. a conversation about Buffalo or Tennessee. Buffalo would have beaten them on, in, into their bye week. I think Buffalo still ends up winning the conference. Right now, though, I think Cincinnati probably has the most defining victory in the conference, beating a Baltimore team that's going to be there at the end, as I like to say. You got one more word before we go to break? Which yeah, I'll tell you, that Buffalo, that Buffalo loss might cost them home field advantage in the conference championship game. It might. It might be the loss that cost them a home playoff game when it matters the most. Okay. Just keep that in mind. All right. Go talk some basketball after the break. Especially if they first. have to go to Tennessee. That's how I feel about Cincinnati. I'm just, I, I, it's, it's hilarious that you're going to cape up for a team. It just sucks. It's just a Damn. bad franchise. Bengals take controversial KU player. Of course they did. Of course they, of course they do. They do this. Bengals take the most dynamic receiver in the draft. Hello, Jamar Chase. I want to introduce you to, uh, to Peter Warren. I mean, like, I, this is what they do. It's about Cincinnati and building a team in a way that will, you know, allow you to break your 31-year playoff drought. Peter Warwick. Oh, not Peter Warwick. Happens to the best of us. Oh. Oh, that was bad. That's bad. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Uh, you know, all these years and, and they're down and uh, 
you know, a lot that's happened in the last few months, and I urge you guys to continue to support us and our teammate man. Guys, are still on board. Let's go. At this time, we have to respect um, his privacy, his space, and uh, we got to be there for him uh, throughout what he's going through and in this process. I think that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to look at something on the surface and come to your assumptions on a lot of things, and especially athletes, uh, around, you know, in general in this space, we're depicted as superhumans and not really supposed to have feelings or go through anything. So I think we just uh, have to really, really understand like human first. And, um, you know, if he's going through something that time, we have to respect that. And we have to uh, be there for him as a team, organization, fans, all the way down the line. Um, because when he's in here putting on a show and helping us get wins, um, everybody's cheering and praising. But when something, you know, we live in a what have you done for me lately type world. And when that's not the case, you know, it's easy to, to um, turn it around. So I think at this time, you know, he needs more support than neglect. And, um, and I think we just got to be there for him as a team. I relay that to the group. And I hope that message is loud and clear to um, our fans and everybody around the organization. And honestly, you guys as well, as media, you know, you guys have a job as well. And uh, I understand the field that you're in, but you guys got to understand that we're talking about a person as well that has a family, uh, has emotions, uh, you know, and he's a, he's a great person as well. So we got to really respect that. And, um, you know, just don't do everything for the click, for the clicks, for the clickbait. Hmm. Hey, Michael. Um, mm, exactly. A lot, exactly. A lot has happened. A lot has happened uh, since you and I last discussed Ben Simmons. Nothing's happened in terms of his movement. I mean, Daryl Morey's dug in. He said, you know, buckle up. This could take four years, alluding to the remaining time on Ben Simmons' contract. Ben Simmons has met with the team and 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 they've it said everybody needs to accept their part. Also told the team he's not mentally ready to play. Uh, and Tobias Harris, as you saw there. Uh, has been very thoughtful, and, and he also had a, a, a viral tweet on Twitter saying, we respect his privacy and space during his time. When he's ready, we'll embrace our brother with love and handle our business on the court. That's it. That's all. And then, of course, we heard Joel Embiid, uh, his appeal to the fans to support Ben Simmons, which is, is what I've been uh, you know, saying for a while that I, I thought the team would do and the fans would follow suit. I'd just love to know what you think about where this conversation has gone in the last few days as it relates to yeah, the, uh, the topic of, yeah. of mental health in general and Ben Simmons' mental health in particular. Man. I think, you know, Mike, I think parts of this conversation are crystal clear and other parts are really confusing, uh, muddled, um, elicit some skepticism. Two. So, okay, let me just go uh, in, in my three columns. So, so the, the first column, the crystal clear part, to me, is just very simple. And remember I said to you before, so why do we keep hearing these reports about Ben Simmons? You know, uh, sources say, sources tell this organization, sources tell the Philadelphia Inquirer, sources tell the Athletic, sources tell Shams, whatever. 
that Simmons feels this way. It's clear because Simmons finally talked to his teammates. And I, I think it may have been Tobias Harris or somebody said it's the first time we've heard from him. It was helpful. Mm -hmm. We heard from him directly. So I think that kind of clears up a lot of stuff, just like any other relationship. If you got an intermediary, if you're hearing from other people, you don't hear some from somebody directly. It's easy for feelings to get hurt. And people to say, wait a minute. Oh, is that what he said? She said that. Okay. Oh, I got something for her. Then I got something for him. No. So they were able to cut that out. The, the relationship, direct communication between Simmons and his teammates. That's good. That's not confusing. Confusing part is uh, confusing. Part one. Did, what didn't I hear Daryl Morey go on Mike Missinelli's show in Philadelphia and say, "Hey, buckle up. He wants to be gone." And hey, uh, we're not doing anything until we can get something of equal value in return. So, hey, it could take four years. It might take four years. Didn't I hear that? Didn't I hear Doc Rivers say it's in his contract? Didn't I hear Joel Embiid say we're not here to babysit somebody? Didn't I hear him say, hey, I don't care? So all that stuff, it's not media and clicks and the stuff. Don't, don't, don't throw the media in this. This is y'all. This is y'all business here. So that's, that's two. That's two. Then the other confusing, confusing part two is... It's in his contract. They can't take money from him unless uh, they, they can't take money from him if there is a mental part of it. So they can keep take, they've, they've been taking money from him, but they're not allowed mm. to, according to the collective mm. bargaining agreement, if there's some mm. disability. Mm. <laughs> so that's where okay. I say. Okay, good. Are we talking about Good. mental health? Are we talking about preservation, Good. financial preservation? I'm, glad, I, I, I'm really glad you okay. pointed that out because that makes me feel better about what I'm about to say and how I feel about this. Also, um, you know, let's talk. I mean, Michelle Roberts said that uh, she told us to uh, our boy Vincent Goodwill at Yahoo. Really, is it so hard to believe that Ben's not mentally at a place to compete? Professional athletes like the rest of us have difficult periods in our lives that require time and energy to heal. We have and will continue to provide Ben with the support and resources he needs to work through this. Threatening the prospect of another four years serves no one's interest. Like Tobias Harris said, I say let's respect Ben's space and embrace him while allowing him the time to move forward. So take a breath and count to 10. We are all too good to continue to play this perpetual game of chicken. That's uh, Players Association uh, Director uh, Michelle uh, Roberts uh, to, to Vincent Goodwill. Um, so here's the thing, man. <clears throat> I can I can somewhat sympathize and definitely empathize with Ben Simmons allegedly not being in the right mental state to perform. I would venture to say that I have had to perform under some of the most, if not the most difficult circumstances that anybody has had to perform under in the history of television. But this ain't about me. I'm just saying I'm not I'm not insensitive to him. I'm not insensitive to what Ben Simmons has had to endure in terms of criticism. And I know that or even on this show, you have playfully, but all good humor is rooted in truth. You have playfully poked at me and said it's personal or, you know, you're piling on, you, you, you're being too hard on Ben Simmons. 
And I'm trying to I'm trying to be self-aware enough to recognize that maybe I have a blind spot here. Maybe I'm so dug in on my position until, you know, I'm having a tough time seeing it from his perspective. And so I, I want to be as fair as possible. I also don't want to be a Neanderthal. I don't want to be a caveman. I don't want to be somebody that's like, oh, man, you know, these kids today, they soft. Capital T, SOF, capital T. You know, they, you know, <laughs> right. they, they just, they, right, right. everybody want to cry and scream about mental health this and mental health that. It's like, you know, like, you know, man up. You know, like, you know, like, I don't want to be that guy either. But I got to say, man, it's just, this doesn't, this just sounds like hurt feelings to me. And it sounds like skirting accountability. Because I haven't heard any of the Sixers since game seven say anything that wasn't true. I haven't heard anybody make it personal. They made it professional. And all they did was observe what we all see. So I'm sorry if Doc Rivers didn't pamper you after your lack of performance held the Sixers back from advancing in the playoffs. Sorry that he actually had the nerve to not say definitively that you're a point guard on a championship team. Sorry that Joel Embiid, Whose, whose, whose opportunity to win a championship was compromised by you being compromised in crunch time. Sorry that he pointed out what we all saw, that you passing up a dunk was a turning point in game seven. Not to mention disappearing in the fourth quarter of, of the preceding games as a prelude to game seven. If that puts you in a bad state in terms of your mental health, to each his own, and obviously that's your mental health. I don't have to bear that burden. So far be it from me, and who the hell am I to say how Ben Simmons should process that? But my only question is, if you're not in a mental state, that you're not in the right mental state to continue to play, when, if at all, will you be? Because none of that's gonna change. So are you just not going to play basketball? And maybe that needs to be the next step. Maybe Ben Simmons needs to go home and be a family man. Maybe Ben Simmons, maybe this game ain't for Ben Simmons, talented as gifted as he is. Because what we're talking about here is, is booing and accountability. And Jason Kelsey hit it on the head. Play better. And so if he sets, if he ever right. sets foot on a Sixers court again as a member of the Sixers, they're going to boo you temporarily. Because to Joel Embiid's plea, and to my point long ago, they're going to root for the laundry. They're going to give you grief for a while, but not in perpetuity. If he goes somewhere else and struggles, some places more than others, depending on the market. But right. people are going to write things about you. People are going to say things about you. That's the job. And it's not going to change sitting at home. So if you seriously do have an issue where you're not mentally ready to play, I'm just not so sure that that's ever going to be healed by sitting out. You got to go through it to get to it. And, and the last thing I'll say, Mike, I know we're running out of time. We didn't even get to the Barclays Center mess. Damn it. I want to get to that fiasco in, in Brooklyn. We'll get to that tomorrow. Yeah, we'll get there. And, and but we don't get the last thing today, I'll we'll say is this. Tomorrow. We'll go there tomorrow. If, it yeah. if he would have just struggled and left it at that and they had come back, they could have put this behind him. He demanded the trade, understandably so, which turned the fan base against him even more. So you held them back. You aren't living up to your status as a star. Then you asked out when they had the nerve to call you on your shortcomings. And now 
everybody is everybody else's fault that you're in this state. I, this just feels like a cop out to me. I don't know if it's because of the collective bargaining language you, you, you pointed out. Again, I'm trying to be sensitive. I've been through some stuff myself, Ben. Yeah. I understand it, bro. I know. But this doesn't feel like that. This I doesn't know. feel like this doesn't feel like the twisties with Simone Biles. This doesn't feel like Naomi Osaka. This doesn't feel like and I, again. I'm not a doctor. I, I, I almost feel like I should check myself for telling somebody where the line between mental health and excuses should be drawn. I hope I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm processing this as I say this in real time, but this yeah, just we, doesn't I, I feel like are. something that we should I be. We I don't think we should be putting this in that boat with mental health. This feels like somebody who just needs to grow up. And I'm sorry if that's harsh, but that's and, how I feel about or, it. Or I don't think it's harsh. If we are going to put it into that boat, I think what's so confusing, I'm going to use that word again, what's so confusing is that it was such a circuitous route to the water. Like, we, we could have started here. We could have started here. And I, I think that's what's, that's what's really throwing me off, right? Because it was, he's angry at Doc Rivers. He's, he wants to be, he wants to be featured. He doesn't want to play with right. Joel Embiid. Uh, right, right, All of right. these things. And mm -hmm. if, like, no matter how you feel about Naomi, Naomi Osaka, she came out, she was trying to tell her own story. She tried on Instagram. Yeah. She tried in a press conference situation. She tried to engage people, even though those people, like her agent said, oh, those are not friends. Those people who are really questioning you, she wanted to just, she really wanted to work that this out. Feel, this feels ben too Simmons. convenient. This feels real convenient. The timing of, That's yes. That's the C word. Yes. That's yeah. the other C word. Not yeah. confusing, but convenient. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. This story is this story right, not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We'll talk about it tomorrow. All, All right, right Brooklyn. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.